This is Ordinal's Learn Space with Ordinal and Friends, and we are here to learn about the brand new world of Ordinal's. Let's go. Today's topic is, what is the process of inscribing like? And perhaps also, how is it different to Ethereum NFTs? It's a very common question that comes up. So maybe you can start us off by letting us know what is an inscription and, and what is inscribing? Yeah, so, so very simply, an inscription is putting a piece of data on the Bitcoin blockchain and associating it with what we call an ordinal, so a, um, a specific uh, Satoshi on the Bitcoin blockchain, which is what makes the, the inscription then, then uh, transferable uh, using standard Bitcoin transactions. So inscribing, very simple, it's a term to put data like an image or uh, a video or a text or, you know, a piece of JavaScript uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. Okay. So you, you named a few files there. Can it be any file? Uh, and what kind of files have people been inscribing? So it can be from a technical perspective. It can really be any file. Um, there are some restrictions in terms of what the commonly used explorers and marketplaces support in terms of, you know, display on their website. Um, so there's a list of like, you know, I would say 15 or, or 16, like kind of commonly used uh, file formats that are uh, supported widely across all the, um, uh, all the explorers and marketplaces uh, for ordinals out there. Um, so that's what you want to, um, you know, that, that's what you want to restrict yourself to if you, if you're looking for kind of, uh, you know, compatibility, but from a technical perspective, there's no, there's no limitation to file types. Essentially, if, if the web supports it, then, then, then Ordnance supports it. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin doesn't care about what you store on it as long as you pay for the block space. So uh, from a technical perspective, there's no limitation. What have people been putting on it? It's 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 a really wide range. You know, it goes from uh, you know kind of all sorts of different image formats to to video formats to um, you know uh, sound files, music files, um, you know uh, PDFs, digital books. Uh, increasingly HTML and JavaScript based um, inscriptions, 3D, um, uh, you know, file formats. Um, what else have you seen? Like, you know, within the realm of HTML, JavaScript, we have seen, um, you know, games like a, like Doom. I think was was one of the first games inscribed. Um, so, so you know, there's there's really no limit to your creativity here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, so inscribing is putting the file on the blockchain. How does that actually work? Yeah. So I, I tried to keep that high level. Exactly. It's, it, it, it is stored on the actual Bitcoin blockchain um, as part of the, uh, you know, what's called the signature data. So it's, you know, it's technically made into a signature for a transaction. Um, and it uses um, a part of the uh, Bitcoin block space, which was introduced uh, in, in 2017 as part of what's, what's called the SegWit uh, upgrade to Bitcoin. SegWit stands for segregated witness. 
that's where an extension to Bitcoin was was introduced that allows to have signature data separate from the actual transactions and to have, you know, up to um, a total of four megabytes uh, for a block um, with uh, signature data being discounted by um, by 75%. And that's, that's where that's stored. It's stored as a signature to a transaction. Um, specifically, we use another uh, upgrade, uh, recent upgrade to Bitcoin called Taproot um, to to store these as, uh, as as Taproot signatures. But that's that's getting very technical. I yeah, think the yeah, key, just about the say. key, yeah, yeah, exactly. The key, the key thing to understand here is that it's stored as a Bitcoin transaction, as a signature to a Bitcoin transaction, so it becomes like you know immutably and unchangeably and uncensorably stored as as part of the blockchain got it got it okay and so if if an artist or creator wants to do an ordinals collection on bitcoin what what parameters of this canvas do they need to think about well what are the limitations and the parameters that they've got to work within yeah i think the most kind of um non-negotiable parameter is is bitcoin block space so the bitcoin block as i just said has a has a absolute maximum value of four megabytes so the the absolute maximum you could get into a single inscription is four megabytes but that already requires um direct collaboration with with a miner because the bitcoin uh, block or the bitcoin network um, normally only relays transactions up to 400 kilobytes per transaction. So you have, if you, you know, if you do not have a, you know, direct relationship with a miner, you have a limitation of 400 kilobytes roughly per, um, uh, you know, within a single inscription. Um, there's ways to, to compose, um, you know, uh, multiple inscriptions into one that that uses the data on uh on on other inscriptions process that's called recursion um so there's ways around this this uh these these size limitations but the fundamental size limitation is 400 kilobytes for a standard transaction and uh, up to four megabytes if you work directly with the miner and um and create you know a form you know up to four megabyte block okay so for creators or artists, you're probably wanting, wanting to keep the file sizes below 400 kilobytes for individual inscriptions, but there are workarounds, technical workarounds, like this technique called recursion, where you can put them all together. Um, so is that like if I have a, an animated GIF um, or maybe, you know, some like some glitch art, and just chopping like a second, like it's maybe 14 seconds and chopping a second each and then stitching it together. Is that what recursion is or could do? Yeah, I mean, recursion is maybe a bit of a technical term and, and you know, you, I think a simpler way maybe to, to talk about composing or composition of, um, uh, you know, of inscriptions. And essentially what, what recursion on ordinals is, is that you are in an inscription is, is that you reference existing inscriptions essentially um so for example if you have like a really high res um whatever 50 megapixel um you know photograph um that you want to inscribe in the full resolution 
you could um, you know essentially chop up the the, the 50 megapixel image into um, roughly what is it 120 um, uh, you know tiles essentially and then um, and then assemble or compose these tiles into one um, you know complete um, artwork in in a so-called recursive uh, inscriptions like you also said like you know with a with a with, with, with an animation you know you could uh, you could use the different frames essentially of the animation or different segments of the animation and then put it together um, in a um, you know in a recursive inscription okay so so that opens up things like you know high res photography or uh, I, I don't know about movies, but like even like short videos, perhaps there, there's a way to put them on, even with that 400 kilobyte um, cap on on the file size. Yeah. So a lot of art, a lot of artists um, are familiar with ETH and and creating NFTs on ETH. So you, you probably spend one or two ETH to create a smart contract um, to get that going, um, and then you know minters will pay the gas fees and the, the mint price and, and get their ETH NFT. How is that fee process different on ordinals? Yeah, so so there's a few key differences here. One of the first things is like, you know, there's no need to create a smart contract, right? Um, Bitcoin um, doesn't have smart contracts in the same way that, that Ethereum has and, and, you know, Bitcoin um, an inscription on Bitcoin, in a in a way, is is a lot simpler than an than an NFT on um, on Ethereum. So no need to create a smart contract. Essentially, you need the files that comprise your collection, and you know, depending on what kind of art you have, are these like you know individual images, or is this um, you know uh, composed of different traits, etc. So there's you know layers and traits. There's different there's obviously different ways depending on the art you have and the, the collection you want to bring out on how to prepare it but no need to create a smart contract essentially you need the the, the files that um uh that, that you know are the, the let's say the ingredients to your to your collection and you um you store them on bitcoin you inscribe them on bitcoin there's there's kind of self-service um uh, you know, um, ways to do that using web-based services like like Ordinal Spot or Ordimint or or countless others, um, and um, there is also you know kind of the um, uh, the completely self-sovereign way to do it by running a Bitcoin node and an Ord node and you know uh, using. Um, using the the open source uh, art software um, to actually create the inscription and uh, and and you know uh, add it to the bitcoin blockchain okay. um, and in terms of the fees this this is also an interesting difference like on bitcoin you need to pay for block space and inscriptions compete with any other regular bitcoin transaction for block space so um uh, you will you will hear Bitcoiners and and kind of people who are working on inscriptions. You will hear them talk about the mempool and uh, the current fee rates. On Bitcoin, you have a very dynamic uh, fee market. Uh, one could argue it has become 
a lot more dynamic with uh, with the advent of inscriptions. And um, kind of the key parameter that you want to look at is what's the current fee rate, which is measured in Satoshis per V-byte. So very, two very technical terms. Satoshis is the smallest unit of a Bitcoin, so a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. And a V-byte is, is one of these four million bytes that can go into a, a Bitcoin block. So if you have an inscription uh, of a certain size and you have a fee rate, then you can estimate um, what the fee would be at the current prevailing fee rate. But it's a fee market. Like if someone else is offering more, then um, that transaction of the other person offering more will be mined first. And, and the fee market really is, is um, you know, where Bitcoin transactions um, bid for... Um, bid for block space and miners typically pick the uh, the most lucrative uh, set of transactions to put into the next block. And miners also are uh, who are getting these these fees. So the, these are not fees that go to you know some marketplace or to whatever the creators of the ordinals protocol. No, this this all goes to goes to miners to uh, incentivize them. Um, for um, you know their important work on on securing the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay, okay. So if I'm hearing it correctly, the the fees um, that go towards the network for inscribing, um, there's a variable price. So if if there's a lot of people inscribing or using the network at the same time, or there's congestion, then you're paying more. Is there, I know it's hard to predict the future, but like say this week, how much would it cost to inscribe a full 400 kilobyte inscription? Yeah, so, so this week we are at about six, seven Satoshis per rebyte and at that fee rate for, um, for 400 kilobyte, you would pay about Let's see, uh, 200, 200 to $250 for, uh, for a full 400 kilobyte uh, inscription, like the, the, the maximum size you can get. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's not cheap, um, but, it, but I, I guess it also poses a bit of a barrier then just in my mind, it poses a bit of a barrier to people putting m maybe what you could call low effort things or just random things on, on chain because there is quite a, a fee um, to, to doing that. And, and if and it wouldn't make financial sense if you're putting, you know, um, maybe silly stuff or low effort stuff on that no one's going to buy. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, some people talk about this as, uh, you know, kind of Bitcoin's built in spam filter, right? It's like, this is, why is Bitcoin built this way that you have this fee market and that you have to pay for transactions? It's to prevent um, you know, denial of service attacks on the network by just spamming the network with um, with kind of, you know, useless transactions. That's why everybody in Bitcoin has to pay for their transactions. Um, and that's why also Ordinal's inscriptions have to pay for, uh, for, uh, for, for those transactions, for, for the inscription transactions. And I think in the, in the context of, um, you know, what we're doing here of, of bringing you know, collectibles um, and 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 art um, to Bitcoin. 
this this also acts like you say right it's it, it it's an it incentivizes you to only inscribe things that have enough value um to justify the fee which you know over time uh, it's pretty clear that the fees uh, that the fees will only go up and and i think that acts as a as a very natural kind of a quality filter on, on on what gets inscribed yeah awesome awesome okay so i think you mentioned just before that there are these websites where artists or creators can go and um and it pretty much inscribe in an automated way just like you would on uh some of the minting sites on for ethereum nfts um so ordinals bot i think you mentioned was one so you can just is it as simple as drag and drop your file into the interface and then you pay the fee and then you you get the inscriptions in your wallet is that is it as simple as that it's as simple as that yes so um so i think you know i've lost count of how many of these inscription services there are ordinal spot is just one uh, one example of uh, of many good ones out there um but they, they have really made it easy like you know you can uh, you can drag and drop your file there even multiple files and you know they will give you a quote um they will also you know um tell you like how much they're their fee is like mo most of these services take a fee for uh, for that service. Um, uh, they they tell you how much it is. You pay for that, and then um, uh, you know if you um, you know once you paid and once your your transactions have been mined, you will have the um, the inscriptions in your wallet. Awesome. Okay, so as simple as that. Um, I think that's a really good. Uh, place to leave that uh, for today's podcast and um, only we'll catch you again for the for the next topic we'll do all right thank you